Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. My name is Neil Grogan, and I'm here with Matthew Statler. And we're excited to start this new series today. We have uh, did done about, I believe, four, right? Four um, recordings on the church and looking for a healthy church and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we're excited about all the things that are coming. But before we get into that, Matt, what happened on this day in history? Ooh, that's a good question. A lot of things happened that were interesting. Man, space flight, <laughs> and uh, but I think you're talking primarily about the Civil War, the start of the Civil oh, War. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I was, you know, I was just thinking. So the Civil War began in America, uh, April twelfth, which we're recording on April twelfth, eighteen sixty one. And, you know, when any war begins, there is this, uh, like, ominous cloud that goes over a nation, right? And there's this expectation, there's this knowledge of this impending doom that is coming, this conflict, this... And in the Civil War, you know, it's in your backyard, you know? And so, man, could you imagine for just a second, you know, being maybe from the south or from the north and and uh and you're you're at odds with your with your neighbor and the only decision that you feel you can make is to go to war whether right or wrong like we understand all of the <laughs> parameters right. of like hey this was not a good you know thing or any any of that for any measure but just the idea of a war in your backyard like how saddening how depressing would that be well i'm brother against brother i mean just Mm. within your own family split apart relatives against relatives i mean how many stories are there that come out have come out from the civil war about you know brothers seeing each other on the battlefield and firing at each other and just all the horrific nature of breaking apart a nation yeah i mean just in, in in thinking about like west point you know all of those officers at West Point who like went to school together, like grew up essentially became men together. And then, you know, some went to the South to fight and some went to the North, like, um, man, what a season of despair and, and tragedy. And, and on top of that, right. The context in the country and what they were at odds over, I mean, right. within the, the, the African American community and, just like when will this end (laughs) when will we be free you know and um it's just crazy to think about but i think it's really important um i think it's a good segue on top of that to our topic today where we're gonna we're gonna talk about man these these periods of darkness in our lives and and really what makes the difference in these seasons um so so matt what's been kind of your experience with um, I mean, I'll use the term depression or sadness or prolonged sadness, mourning, you know, uh, those parameters. Um, what, what has been your experience in the worst case scenario? And then we'll talk about like, man, what, what's been the difference maker? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think it's something we still struggle with, right? Is, is times of depression, seasons of darkness, um, you know, dark night of the soul, a lot of old theologians would call it. But I mean, many of you probably have experienced times where you want to kill yourself. You want to commit suicide. 
Um, you just want to end it. You want the pain to stop. You want the, the hurt to stop. You want um, this darkness to end. You want to feel something again. I mean, I've heard all these kind of comments before. And in my life, um, when, when I was struggling with um, depression through alcohol abuse and um, night terrors and even desiring to kill myself and all the stressors placed on my life, uh, through various trials, through deployments, through combat situations, remembering um, things I've done in war and then th things that have been done to me in war. Um, and it, it got to the point where, you know, there was times when I wanted to, to die and it was it didn't seem like there was a way out. And then even in ministry, after after really a, a renewed relationship with Christ, there's been times when I've just felt really depressed. Um, and it could be sparked by nothing. Um, it could just happen. Would wake up one day just feeling down and low. Um, or it could be sparked by criticism that was, e was either justified or unjust. And um, so we do get these emotional seasons of sorrow, um, of darkness is, is really an easy way to, to say that. And um, make, finding a, a difference, finding hope, sometimes just means enduring through. But it's really easy to get stuck in that darkness. And that's really what Neil and I want to discuss with you is what ways can we, um, how do we find hope in our current trials? And then our next podcast, we want to talk about some ways you can prepare yourself for future trials. Uh, Neil, what about you? Have there been some times of, of real difficult struggle in your life? Oh, yeah. Um, whether it's been you know, relationships that are strained. Um, that is a big one for me that brings on, um, you know, dark, it feels dark, like, like the lights have gone off, out around me. Um, when you're in dealing with maybe failure, um, uh, professionally or, you know, what personally, and it's almost like you don't want to come out of the room or get out of your bed. You know, you just want to lay there and, disappear maybe into like entertainment you know uh or um you're so down that you want to chase after something to make you feel again you know that was a big one for me um there's been times where i felt like really seasons of of depression and and so i've like bought junk to try and make me feel better or eaten junk to try and make me feel yeah. better or <laughs> you know um, let's get in the car. Let's go to this place. You know, maybe that'll, maybe that'll fix. Maybe that's the ticket. Right. 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 And, um, man, I remember a few years ago now, um, I woke up 4am dog had had an accident in the house and, uh, cause we changed her food and it made her stomach upset and we let him outside her and her and my other dog, which I got like, the weekend after I got back from Afghanistan and this other dog was like a service dog for me for a few years before I retired her, um, like graduated college with me, <laughs> like this dog, you know? Uh, and I had her since, you know, she was a puppy and trained her the whole thing. Um, let them outside 20 minutes later, go to let them back in and they're nowhere to be found. And I got on our, a mule, which is like an ATV apparatus thing, you know, 
and because we were on this ranch and drove down to the front gate which was about a mile or half a mile away and uh there they were at the entrance hit by hit by a truck and both of them dead you know and i remember spending like the next eight to ten hours digging through solid limestone to bury those two dogs but man that crushed me yeah you know and you know you might be like well it's just a dog right but <laughs> for me like like that was unexpected that's right um I wasn't like, there's no prepping for an event like that. I had to take these two animals that had done, like had felt like all I had during a, the worst season of my life where I had walked away from the faith even. And so all that to say, man, it was unexpected. Something happened and it shook me and I didn't know really what to do about it. And I handled it good on some days and I handled it really poorly on other days. And, um, I remember really wrestling with like, man, I, I don't want to come outside. Like I want to hide and isolate and, you know, not think, not feel, you know, all of those things, um, which, you know, the decisions you make in those situations of unexpected, you know, mourning or tragedy or, or trauma or whatever, right. Are, are usually like very uncharacteristic of you. You know, I, for me, like it was, I'm going to kind of neglect my responsibilities as a, fa a father and a husband, right? Brittany, you know, I like made my wife like, Brittany, can you just like take care of it? Like, I can't, <laughs> like, I can't do anything. And that was unfair of me. And, you know, I remember getting some counsel. That was really bad <laughs> counsel, but it was like, you just need to do some self-care, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, which was all focused on Neil, you That's know, right. and not on where my eyes needed to be on was, man, was, was on Christ and the hope that I have in him. And that man, even in this suffering, man, he's suffering with me, sympathizes with my suffering. Like Hebrews four, you know, 14 through 16 talks about. And so, um, you know, there are many different scenarios we could walk through. Um, yeah, but really what I think what we want to get to the crux of is like, what's the difference maker when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the midst of the storm, when it looks like nothing but darkness and you're unable to see an end. Um, so what makes the difference? And I think a good text, maybe we can start with, and then we'll just kind of uh, pivot off of each other, is Psalm 42. In Psalm 42, we, we hear this, we, we hear the choir master really struggling through um, and teaching people to sing through the suffering. He starts by saying, as a peer, as, as a peer, as a deer pants, for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. And so, like, what is it when, when an animal is like panting, like it needs, right? It's it's struggling. And so the picture here is like, man, I'm panting. I need. <laughs> where are you, God? I need some water. I need some refreshment. I am struggling right now. But as we, if you look over to verse five, it says. 
there's this introspection moment and it says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? I mean, when we're in seasons of sadness and depression, I mean, isn't this it? Is, isn't, aren't we, don't we feel like we're in turmoil inside, you know, with no end in sight? And here comes the encouragement. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And he kind of repeats some of those themes throughout the entire psalm. But I think that kind of captures the, the, the crux of maybe a difference maker. What's the difference maker? Well, the text says to hope in God. Because right. why? It, it will pass. I shall again praise him, my salvation, my God, my rock, um, my hope. He does not forget us, you know. So I bring that up because I think the biggest difference maker, the biggest, um, sh- sh- uh, what's it called? When when light penetrates the darkness, that light is always found in hope in the midst of despair. So, so Matt, now we talked about maybe where we didn't handle it well, you know, um, or we've turned to other uh, vices to try. We, we've hoped in worthless things, right? In those That's seasons. Right. And they didn't, they didn't bring refreshment to that panting soul. Right. Yeah. Um, now where, when, when have you been in suffering and then um, walked out this hope, walked out this process and man, what did you learn from that experience about God? Yeah, absolutely. Um as, as I go towards answering that, my brain um, yeah. wants to define a little bit what is what is a trial. Um, and we don't have to give every example to, to cover every scenario, but a, a trial is anything that causes you emotional distress, uh, whether it be your fault or whether it be someone else's fault. Um, you know, we're kind of a combination of sinners and sufferers. We sin against right. others and that causes us pain and grief and then also others sin against us and cause us pain and grief and we we experience these in various ways and sometimes we just have physical um symptoms and so for me that's really been the biggest struggle is i I think i've really dealt with a lot of the guilt and the shame um from my past but there are just times when i wake up depressed um everything looks glum and gloomy and i just am not a happy person um, I don't have the joy of the Lord that I, I long for, that I pant after. And so for me, um, there are many things that I've, I've really had to do to get a handle on it. And, I, and, and, you know, we could talk about how we've handled it wrongly by, you know, getting drunk right. or um, chased after worldly things, you know, binge watching a Netflix show that's like vapid and has no meaning. Um, but there are times when I'm so dark and depressed that I don't even feel like lifting up the Bible. Um, I don't feel like getting into the word. And those are the times when I need it the most. Um, those are the times when just reading a couple lines from a Psalm and then just laying there and, and praying it back to God has been so beneficial to me. Um, being Christ centered though, ultimately. Yeah, Neil. Why do you think (laughs) it's like, when we know what's right, you know, 
Like we, <laughs> I need to get in the word. I need to know God. I need to put the, you know, his, this inspired word as balm to my turmoil to help me untangle my emotions. Why do you think, even though we know that, right? And we still look to worthless things. Like we still chase after broken cisterns when we need streams of flowing water, you know, that comes from the Lord. What do you think that is? Man, you know, for me, I've noticed that it's a lot of it's stubbornness um, mm. and self-sufficiency, right? My mm. desire to be self-sufficient. Um, I will white knuckle it to get through this. I will make this happen. Um, I will find my way through and not trust in God. Um, and so my ultimately what I'm doing is I'm putting my hope in myself and my own ability to make things right. Instead of just saying, if I read this and I meditate on God's word, it encourages me beyond, um, beyond a way. And I, and I think sometimes we lose sight of why we go through the trials that we go through. So, um, you know, a typical coffee mug verse is Romans eight, um, 28 is that we know that, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And many people will stop there. They don't get the whole context because it goes on. It says for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be born the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And a lot of people then will get distracted with this word about foreknow and predestined and they get all confused. But ultimately what this is saying is that God has a plan for the Christian to become more like Christ. And so all of our trials point to that. And in Romans, Paul is not talking to a bunch of people who are detached from reality. He's talking to people right. who are being crucified and killed for the sake of the gospel for Jesus Christ. And so when we start thinking about, oh, woe is me, I can't, I, you know, I feel sorry for myself. Um, or you start thinking about all the all the work that's piling up because you're in this mo you know mode of depression. Instead of just saying, "I don't know what God's plan is in this moment, but I trust in Him." Um, and ultimately, for me, the two things always pop into my brain when I'm experiencing a trial. The first thing is I always question God's goodness. Is God really good? Why would a good God allow things to happen to me? I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm I'm serving the Lord. Why is this bad thing happened to me? Um, and that was kind of my mind when, uh, when, when Neil, you called me about or texted me about your dogs. Um, I think you actually called me about them. Um, but I was yeah. in tears the whole day. Like I, I was crying, like literally in, in my seminary class, um, like Jeremy Pierre asked me a question and I was just like tears, you know, like this hardened veteran in the back corner <laughs> crying in front of all these, uh, seminary folks, because I was just so heartbroken. And that was my question yeah. to God was like, God. Why did you do this to him? Why are you hurting him like this? And and my heart just was was in so much turmoil over that, but I was questioning his goodness. Um, yeah. So I do that for others. And I do it for myself. And ultimately, I have to recognize that he is working all these things for good. And um, yeah. we don't understand why. We don't know why. But the second thing we also like to question is, well, is God in control? Right? Because why would a good God allow bad things to happen? Um, and, and the Bible has so many answers to this and we could spend months just unpacking everything. One of the things I love telling people is that the Bible is written by sufferers for sufferers. 
I mean, every word is written by someone who has suffered. Um, and then yeah. we also ultimately serve a suffering savior. And that's where we find our hope is the one who has gone before the firstborn among many brothers who has ultimately suffered. And, and Neil alluded to that multiple times already. Um, so we can't lose sight of Christ in our suffering. And so the question, instead of saying, why me or, you know, why is this happening to me? The question needs to be is, how is God going to use this for my good? And, and you can even find a little little joy in that as well. Yeah, which, you know, that's that's one of the, the most difficult questions for people to ask is how, you know, like, how is God using this for my good? I don't want him to use it for good. I just don't want ba- a bad thing to happen, you know, and uh, we can go round and round about that. But I think one of the realities we have to <laughs> we have to uh, get our minds around is that sin exists in the world. Yeah that because we have rebelled against God, it has marred everything. Like it's impacted everything. Sin is this disease that has infiltrated everything and everyone. Yeah. And man, like, you know, Paul talks about like <laughs> all creation is groaning, like with ch- pains of childbirth for this to end, you know? And, uh, and so are we. And when these things occur, when when wickedness happens, when evil happens, when um, you know a tornado runs through a town and and devastates a community, like when all of this happens, man, we have to understand this is this is a, a a byproduct of sin, and there is only one sin killer, and so that for me, like. I have to get my head around the reality and the the issue isn't, you know, is in my mind, the issue isn't God is good or God is bad, right? Or God is in control. God is not in control. Um, I believe um, because the Bible says so, and I've seen it in my own life that God is sovereign over all things. Like a leaf does not fall to the ground without his, him having a hand in it. Right. That's right. And I also believe because I know um, and that God is good, that he is holy because he is holy. Everything that comes out of him is good. And so my definition or my understanding of what is good um, cannot be simply focused on what I feel. That's right. Because I don't know what I've seen is, you know, events like like we talked about, like those dogs dying. Right. Um, what I got to see was through talking through that with some other guys who were struggling, I got to see someone come into a relationship with Christ. I got to see a man uh, start an, a you know Bible study in his community and, and start ministering to other police officers. Why? Because he had just lost his dog, yeah, <laughs> which right. is like, you know, I, don't, I can't. You know, how, how does that all work out? You know, and it, it was in another state that I flew to, you know, and, and was working in that week. And so, man, so I have to get my eyes on like, who is God? What is his character? What does he say he's about? Right. And then I need to interpret my circumstance through that lens. Because when I begin to interpret that circumstance through that lens, I begin to understand two fundamental things, that God is for my eternal good. 
and keyword eternal. So long game picture, not temporary short term experience. Second thing that he is, he does all things for his glory. And because he does all things for his glory, what does that mean? That means that he's going to, like Revelation 21 says, he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Yeah. That he's going to make all things new. Like that's the trajectory here. And so what is my hope in? My hope is in um, the one who has saved me in the past, the one who is saving me today. And the one who is going to save me in the eschatological, like the end time future, right? Like as, as things come to an end, he's making them all new and he is righting every wrong and he is making everything good in, a, in his fullest sense. So where we can walk and have communion with the father, like we were created to do. So it helps us to slow down. And to, and to begin to interpret our situations um, through the lens of who God is. I know Matt has, um, you know, we had this professor, Dr. Jones, who wrote this great um, kind of uh, measure for you to do that, helpful things for you to think through. Um, and Matt's going to touch on that and some other things. Yeah, and um, what I want to remind us is, just kind of like Elijah in the wilderness, we need to be fed a little at a time. Um, these truths are so glorious and so big. Like if we just went and read Romans when we felt depressed, like that's probably not going to be the most beneficial for us. But if we were to read a verse and just think about that verse, so it's like it's kind of like if you are um, you know you've been starved for several months, you're not going to just go and eat a big plate of steak and potatoes. You actually just right. need a little bit of nourishment at a time to kind of rebuild your strength. Um, and so that's what I really like about uh, Dr. Jones's um, pamphlet, as well as his um, his his little uh, handout that he has. But it's the seven. Can e's. we can we put that in the show notes? Like legally, is that okay? <laughs> we can put the um, the handout as long as we make sure that we you know point to the fact that there's actually a booklet um, that you can okay. also buy, and that would so we'll know, make sure this him. is in the the show notes for you guys. That's right. And so in it, he has uh, the seven E's and basically um, those seven E's are that God lovingly uses our troubles to enhance your relationship with him. He, God lovingly uses your trouble to help you experience Christ's sufferings. God lovingly uses your hardships to expose your remaining sin. God lovingly uses your troubles. Hang on here. To engage you in the body of Christ. And that's, I mean, really with me and Neil, when Neil was suffering through that, I like I wanted to get on an airplane and fly there directly and just skip school. Like that's how much I wanted to to be there with him. Yeah. And that's that's what the body of Christ is for. Uh, God lovingly uses your troubles to exhibit Christ's work in you. God lovingly uses your troubles to equip you for wiser, more compassionate ministry. And Neil already hit on that. And then God lovingly uses your troubles to elevate your longing for Christ's return. Uh, if, if things were going so well on this earth, we would we really wouldn't long for heaven. We wouldn't long for the return of Christ. And so those, those seven E's are very beneficial. And I wouldn't just go and, and read all seven of them 
because it's hard to keep that much in your mind when you're depressed. And so for me, I would just take one of those E's and maybe read um, the, the references that are listed with it. And you'll see that in the handout um, in our show notes that you can um, that you can use for your your benefit. But also, you know, Neil, some of the things that that help me in, in times of, of depression when I'm not feeling like reading my Bible um, is is turning on an audio version of the Bible and just listening to yeah. uh, one psalm over and over and over again. Like sometimes I get Psalm 119 and I just place that sucker on repeat. And I just sit there and I just soak in it. Honestly, it's like taking a hot bath after right. a long day. And um, that's been good. Also songs. Um, of course, the hymns, we know a lot of the hymns have been written by men who um, suffered greatly for the Lord or just suffered in life in general and actually suffered a lot of depression. And so for me, um, songs that just glorify Christ, glorify God. Uh, and, and you guys know the, uh, the, the main ones, you know, it is well with my soul and amazing grace. Both, both of those men suffered greatly uh, from that. And so that's for me, either listening to something is easier for me than to read something. Um, and then praises, you know, praises to the King are like, uh, I think you said this, they're like a bomb for a weary soul, you know, like that's right. where there's pain. Right. And so when we sometimes, and that's one of the beauties of making the decision on Monday to go to church on Sunday, right? It's that you will get to hear praises to the King sung by the saints that's right. Uh, and you need it, you know. Uh, that's what encourages the, me, for sure. Oh, yeah. One of the big ones that's been just in my head, especially when I'm struggling, is um, He Will Hold Me Fast. It's like a little, a little bit of a newer thing. But, um, man, that song has just been uh, <laughs> an anchor, you know, and a, a, an anchor of a reminder. Another really good one is All I Have is Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a fairly modern one by um, Bob Coughlin, I believe, or his son. Um, yeah. I, I should know this because I was in class with him. But but uh, yeah, yeah, he, right. he wrote uh, All I Have is Christ. And so many people have talked about how that had been a sustaining force in their life. And, and what we're really talking about is how do you sustain your faith in these trials? Because abandoning the faith... Um, when things go hard really is indicative of what kind of faith you have. Do you trust in God because he gives you good things or do you trust in God? Um, and, and that's, that's for me is very important. Um, so singing, um, church attendance, even when you don't feel like coming to church, I mean, for us at, at our church, one of the things I like to bring up is you are standing and sitting next to men and women who have suffered greatly. Uh, you have men and women who have lost spouses, men and women who have lost children, um, and they're all singing praises to the king together. And that's the voices that you're hearing around you. Um, you're, seeing, you're hearing young voices belting out the song like my boys for some reason just like to when they know a song, they just sing it as loud as they can in church. I'm not sure <laughs> what, what that's Might about. Too. It's just it's, it's just but it, it's it's if I was an older saint that would stir up in me more encouragement to see that there are young people hungering after God. Um, And so that's why we come to worship to corporately worship is to sustain our faith and to worship the one King. I would add also one really good thing or practice um, in the midst of the trial um, to take 
Like if you're struggling right now, like something to do. And this is something I picked up on. I don't really know where, but it's just been helpful for me. But it's to write down this event in detail. Like write down the whole event in detail. Um, and kind of process through it. And then something you can do is take this seven E's that's on going to be in the show notes and then to go back and look at that event with a different pen that you've written out and begin to identify some of these things to identify the Lord's providence uh, through that event. Remind yourself that the Lord has been present. He's been active. And uh, how have you already seen it? Or maybe just were kind of unaware. But now that you're looking for it, it's easier to identify. And uh, like for me, it's like, man, I got to see God um, bring someone into relationship with him through these two dogs, like in this event and just talking about it. You know, and that was a big one uh, for me. So I want to challenge you to do that. Uh, Matt, do you have any last notes i think we are kind of exhausted our time for today absolutely no i think that's good and and tune in next week for ways to prepare yourself to to look to the real hope that we have in christ yeah because the big thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to suffer or endure like an unbeliever that's right like we we want to go through these hardships that are coming um prepared and ready and in a way that would honor and glorify God and would help us navigate um, more quickly through these str- these struggles and these um, and this darkness. We want to walk in light when everything is dark around us um, with the one who brings light, who's Christ. So guys, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Until next time, peace. Thank you.